All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, May 23rd of 2023. Here we have a 10 game MLB main slate later this evening. We have a one game NBA showdown with the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. We have one NHL game with the Vegas Knights and the Stars. And then we also have the Charles Schwab Golf Tournament teeing off on early Thursday morning here. So should be a fun day of office hours here. We do the show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Questions come in from support. You can reach us at support at Saber sim.com uh questions come in live in the youtube chat and questions come in in the office hours channel in our discord server if you're not in our discord there is a link in the description below to get signed up highly recommend it as always and if you are not signed up with saber sim stumbled on this show want to get in on all the dfs action that we are talking about here uh check us out seven day free trial no strings attached link is also in the description here but with that being said gonna get the app pulled up here and we are going to get started with one question that came in via support here and it looks like there are maybe like two or three questions in the discord you're gonna have to uh, sift through some of this here a lot of conversation going back and forth which is great uh love to see that so we will see where we go from there but if anybody has any questions anything on their mind now is always a great time to get those in all right, first question. I'm playing NBA Showdown, the 150 max contest, and building around 5,000 lineups for the contest. However, when I filter my lineups to get the 150 that I need, I am only cashing out on about 10 to 15 of my lineups when after the contest is over, there is anywhere between 200 and 800 lineups that were created in the 5,000 that would have cashed. However, I'm only getting 10 to 15 of them in my lineups in of the 150. How can I significantly improve the number of lineups that actually cash out? What filters and sorting methods should I be using? Uh, so I think it's actually a really good question to get us started today. Uh, spend some time here talking about this. So going to hop over to NBA, uh, going to go to this uh, showdown slate that we have tonight. And first, I just want to talk like a little bit about math here right um really in dfs un unless you're playing cash games you know in in any gpp format which is which is this is what it sounds like this question is relating to we're really not trying to optimize to cash uh we, you know cashing cashing is great it's, it's nice to get some of your money back uh 100 but in in the payout structures in these contests if you go and look at the payout structure, they're usually paying somewhere around the top 20% of lineups in the contest get paid. And from that, the lineups that are actually at that like 20th percentile um, are getting 2x their money. So if, if you do like the raw math there, uh, an outcome that happens 20% of the time is getting a double up essentially here, right? Uh, that is because, you know, the payouts grow exponentially. They are not um, like additive or like linear, you know, as, as you go up, you know, the, the first place is say a hundred thousand and then it's 25,000. And by the time you get to 10th, you know, it might be uh, 
1000 It might be a couple hundred bucks at that point, right? And then the payouts uh, go down further, right? So really in DFS, you are trying to optimize for those top end outcomes here. Uh, you should not be trying to optimize just to simply get past the cash line because that is just a game that is that is not in your favor. You're getting paid two to one on an outcome that that is only happening twenty uh, percent of the time. So so if you trying to optimize to cash, you know probably better to move to cash games there, uh, which which are another beast in and of themselves, right? But let's not get into that. Uh, so so really, what what we're trying to do in in single game showdown here is build lineups that can win first place. Uh, that that is really what we're trying to do basically all the time with GPPs here. Um, single game showdowns can be super high variance here. I would say that, you know, the, the first and foremost thing, which there's another question in the queue kind of related to this is about, um, bankroll management. So a lot, um, uh, a lot of the bankroll principles that we talk about with the DFS profit plan, uh, those percentages, the 2.5 to 5% of your bankroll on, each correlated slate. Uh, I would, I would even go down from there in your showdowns here. I would actually play closer to one to 2.5% of my bankroll in the showdown contest, uh, which is something that we talked a little bit about yesterday here. But once I'm in the post build, uh, you know, I'm going to go and look at my sorting metric here. So because this is a single game showdown, we have a specific Sabre score for this format here. Uh, this is far and away the best default, um, sorting metric that you can use here. It is weighting sim optimals, some projection and average adjusted ownership. And it is, uh, you know, you using all of those things combined, which is the, the way that we come up with these is through extensive, uh, contest back testing here and, and figuring out, you know, uh, what combination of variables leads to the best lineups, uh, getting to the top of your pool most often and in winning the most money here. So, these, these formulas are heavily back-tested. Uh, th there's nothing that I would come in here and change. I think that, you know, th the the this question, really, the way I want to answer it is to try and uh, shift your focus a little bit to change your frame of mind about what you are trying to achieve in these contests. I think that the reason that, you know, you're only playing, um, you're playing a lot of lineups that are, are not getting past that cash line is because you're building lineups that have very high upside. And, you know, when we are building your lineups, we are taking a single individual game sim and playing that game out and then building the optimal lineup from that. So you're getting all these instances of different game sims, but the game is only going to ultimately play out one time, right? And the game is not going to play out uh, so, so similarly to all of these other constructions, right? It's not like, hey, you know, uh, we have... This game played out, you know, 50 ways where all of these guys were all the same. And then we swapped one guy like that's not what we're doing. We're not building these lineups based on mean projection and then uh, adjusting all of these smaller type of type of players down kind of in your utility spot. Like the games can play out so many different ways. So I think that, you know, you get a uh, wider range of outcomes here, building lineups with Sabersim, but I think that in showdown, you know, you're probably going to cash less lineups, but I think you also uh, need to be okay with that outcome and and really just understand, you know, what you are trying to achieve with your showdown lineups here. Uh, so I think this is a good question. I think this is a fair question. I think that, you know, um, the, the, there's nothing really that, you know, you, you should be trying to do here in the post build to try and 
boost your min cash equity. I, I would try and uh, stay away from that line of thinking. Okay, good question there. Uh, going to get a timestamp recording back over to that user from support here, and then going to uh, jump over to the Discord. Question from J. Sam Jr. Question says, when it comes to hit the, the hitter's graph and the pitcher's graph, does that change slate to slate depending on who they are facing that day? Uh, so, yes, it most certainly does. So, basically what happens is that, you know, we'll use this – Chicago Cleveland game. Um, we understand who the players are that are in the game. We understand who the batters are that are in the lineup. And then we take all of that information. We simulate the games out um, thousands and thousands of times. And then when we click on a player's range of outcomes here, um, this these are going to be the, the range of outcomes in a histogram. That is basically like a summary of the player's range of outcomes for all the different game outcomes that we have for them. So um, however many times the player scored 10 points falls into this bar. However many times the player scored five points uh, or five points falls into this other bar, 20 points, this bar, 30 points, this bar, et cetera, et cetera here. Right. And then he gets his mean. And then he has all these correlation values to all of the other players in the game. Um, so this is done on a game by game basis and every and th this is always different. So it is not the same from game to game. It is a direct uh, summary of the game simulations that we ran for this game. Good clarification question here. Uh, question from Jay Ruck here. Question says, is there a way to quick swap players in your pool of lineups? For example, if I have two players with similar salaries and player A... I have 60% exposure to and player B, I have 15% exposure to. Is there a way to swap exposures? Uh, so good question here. So let's go over to the main slate. Um, I think that this is going to come down to how many lineups you're playing, basically depending like how exactly you want to handle this. Uh, so I'm going to talk about this like from the framework of the DFS profit plan here, where basically I am approaching this from the framework of a 150 max build in, in, in one sense. And then I'm going to approach this as if I am building uh, for my single entries and three maxes where the number of lineups that I'm playing is probably closer to like five to 10 lineups total here. Uh, so let's go to like, we'll do our 150 first. So I'm going to change my number of lineups to 150 here. Let's say that there is a player here who I have a lot of exposure to that I actually want to kind of split that up, right? Um, two players that I am going to choose. Maybe it's Corey Jolks here at 2,400 for Houston in 32% of my lineups. And then I'm going to pick somebody like, I think Martin Maldonado's. Maybe, maybe this is a good example. So I have Martin Maldonado, and Corey Jolks, they both play for Houston, and they both bat toward the bottom of the order. So I have Jolks at 32%. I have Martin Maldonado at 18%. Maybe I want to treat these guys like basically the same hitter. Say, hey, you know, their salaries are only $100 difference. They're both batting in the seven through nine spots on Houston. They're both part of the same team. I actually want to play these two players at a very similar rate here. Um, what I would suggest doing is 
basically taking their exposure, adding it together, and then dividing by two, and then setting that as the max exposure. So 32 plus 18.7 is approximately like 50. So then I'm going to set their max exposure to 25 uh, for jolks here. And then I'm going to make sure that Maldonado actually came down. What I'm going to do is I'm going to set a max exposure to Maldonado of 25. And then I'm going to set a min exposure of Maldonado, uh, let's say to 23. So I'm going to I'm going to be really tight about the range that I get Maldonado here. And boom, this is basically exactly what I want. Um, now I'm playing Jolks at 24.7 and I'm playing Maldonado at 23.3. Uh, these, these are obviously not perfectly the same. If I wanted to, I could probably be 24 and get super precise where Maldonado is now in 20 in 36 lineups and Jolks is in 37. Uh, so that, so that puts them really, really close together. Right. I think that, you know, from a, um, large like point of view uh like a like a macro you know handling a lot of lineups not getting in the nitty gritty i think this works right i think this is a way to take two players and move them closer together ultimately here so let's let's move away from that one now and let's talk about playing single entry maybe i'm playing like a three max and i'm playing like three single entries here right so a total of six unique lineups is is something that i want to play here and we can we can actually use it looks like we really like Houston today. Uh, Houston is uh, popping here for, for a lot of these batters. So we actually have Maldonado in two out of our six lineups. And then Corey and then we have we have we have uh, jokes in in four here, right? So let's say that um, you know what I actually want to take the same two players and I want to use them in uh 50% of my lineups each here, right? So what I could do is two things really. Uh I think the easiest thing here would be to go scroll down to the bottom of your six lineups and then look at this bottom lineup. So so my bottom lineup has jokes, but it does not have Maldonado. Um the only thing about this here is that they don't play the same position so that's where it gets like possibly a little tricky here but i'll basically walk you guys through like what i was thinking of doing here so what i was thinking is that you know you could take the bottom lineup and the reason i go to the bottom is because i basically want to adjust the lowest saber score lineup first as opposed to the top one so i want to scroll down to the bottom this lineup does not have maldonado and it has jokes so this is perfect so i'm going to use the little pencil icon this allows you to come into your lineup and manually manipulate it here. Um, so let's say I don't care about any other stacks in my lineup. I only care about this Houston stack. For the sake of the example, I can uh, remove Jolks and I can remove uh, Matt Matt Thais or Thais here. And then I could go and put in Martin Maldonado in my catcher position. And then I could go back to my outfielders and then basically find an outfielder that... Um, meets that sal remaining salary that I have left of 3,100 here. And I'm trying to just see if there's anybody on the angels here so I can maintain my, my um, angels two stack here. So doesn't look like there's any projected outfielders on the angels. Uh, let's look at Colorado, see if there's anybody on Colorado that is also in this range. Cause they're my other one off here. So, not seeing anybody 
on those two teams. So I'm just going to go with like the best projected for the moment here. So Evie, Matt, uh, Veerling from Detroit. So now I have a five one, one, one lineup. I have removed that lineup with jokes. I have increased, I have added Maldonado and then now I'm getting them both at 50% here. Um, you can always look for another lineup, you know, and, and try and figure out if you can, uh, if, if another lineup might be better to edit here, just start at the bottom and go up. Uh, I think that would probably be the best option here. Like I, I would have rather not adjusted this sixth lineup here and instead maybe adjusted like my fifth lineup here and um, try try and um, figure out a situation where I can maintain some of those secondary stacks, but still also make that adjustment here. So I think that, you know, when you're building smaller number of lineups, when you're doing your diverse fires, your single entries, your three max, you can take the time to get a little more into the nitty gritty and adjust these lineups manually here. I just think that you're not going to have the ability to do that in a 150 set uh, in a, in a time effective manner here. So that is how I would do that for both of these scenarios. All right. Next question here from Ryan. Good question there. And it looks like uh, Shady Advice jumped in here. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read back both of these here. So Ryan said, I'm playing 2% on the New York Mets Chicago showdown and the Miami Colorado showdown and also playing 1% on the main slate, which equals 5% on correlated slates. My question is, would I also be able to play 2% on the Oakland Seattle showdown since it's not correlated with the two other showdowns and only playing 1% on the main slate, or would that still be considered 7% on correlated slates because those games have some correlation on the main slate here. Uh, And then it looks like shady advice jumped in here and and broke this down. So I'm going to read his response. Shady said the guidance is based on correlated sets. So in this case, you only have 3% on any correlated slate main pair main paired with each showdown on its own but remember that five percent is the maximum not some target that you need to force yourself to get to particularly with the variance of showdowns and mlb in general here uh so so basically what shady is saying is that you know you're playing one percent of your bankroll on the main slate and then that one percent is correlated with the two percent in one of your showdowns but then it is separately correlated with two percent in another showdown so you should treat those things as um as different not as three uh variables together here uh so it 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 would be okay to add in that second that uh third showdown here but some of the red flags for me here are that you're actually playing more money on the showdowns than on the main slate and the showdowns tend to be uh much higher variance If, if you have some process that uh, lends itself really well to the showdowns and, and you have, you know, this long-term uh, positive ROI, I could understand that approach, but I would be more inclined to play 1% on the three showdowns and then boost the amount of money that you're playing on the main slate. And then lastly here, um, I think that, you know, he kind of hit the nail on the head with this part. So, so the recommendation is 2.5 to 5%. You don't have to play 5%, um, especially when you're playing some of these like higher risk formats here, I think it's okay to kind of scale that down. But, but if you're okay playing the 5%, I think that's fine. I would just uh, probably recommend taking the approach of like flipping those percentages, playing 1% on the showdowns and then playing a higher percent on the main slate here is, is where I would probably go ultimately with, with that decision-making. But 
really good question there. Uh, definitely worth clarifying. And this is our last question in the Discord. And then we're going to jump over to the YouTube YouTube chat here. Um, looks like our one question in the YouTube chat was actually from this same user, if, if I'm not mistaken here, AZ, uh, Antoine Zeno, uh, possibly here. These, these questions look like they're all along the same uh, lines here. So we're going to hit these two. But if anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get those in. Uh, so question here from AZ in the Discord. And question says, for single entries, is it best to look at more than just the SaberSim slate size lineups it gives out? Example, should I also look at percentiles, ownership, et cetera here? Okay, so, so basically what happens here is based on the slider settings that you choose, uh, this is going to determine what dropdown gets chosen here. So this should be based on the contest that you're basically trying to optimize your lineups for. Uh, what you can do here, which which is a good exercise just to kind of understand what all of these different uh, Sabre score sorting metrics do here, is use this little eye icon and then look at the formulas here and see how they change. So in a large slate, uh, large slate is like over six games is, is how we have this defined but a small number of entries. Uh, SaberSim weights some projection of players in your lineup at 0 0.4, uh, 99th percentile at 0 0.6, and then negative adjusted ownership at zero, negative 0 0.4 here. So then if you go and look at some of these other ones, you know, let's just compare it to the, to the biggest difference where there are 50K plus entrants in your contest. The weight on some projection goes down, the weight on 99th percentile goes up to 0.8 and the weight on average adjusted ownership, that negative weight increases from negative 0.4 to negative 0.7 here. So basically as the contest size increases, SaberSim is saying we need to value average projection less. We need to value upside up 99th percentile upside of your lineup more, which is the, the outcome that your lineup achieves 1% of the time we need to value that more. And then we need to basically tax lineups that have a high average adjusted ownership even more to get different from the field here. So that is what is happening as you are increasing the um, size, the number of entries in your contest here. So, so maybe you're playing a single entry, 100 to 1k and the lineups that you're getting are maybe a little too chalky for you. You want to be a little more different from the field. Uh, I think it's okay to come in here and change your sorting metric. Uh, SaberSim is, you know, op Sa SaberSim is telling you, hey, you don't need to do that. You know, uh, our back testing shows that, you know, this this weight is is perfectly fine for this contest size, but maybe it's just not getting you to the lineups you want. So come in here and change it. You know, use a weight with a higher negative uh, average adjusted ownership weight here and, and see if you like these lineups. And then you can click through these and see if you like uh, some – some of the lineups at these different values a little better than what you're seeing right out of the gate. But I don't think you need to do that. Um, all of these here are just are options for you here. And, and you know, some of these are being included in the Sabre score formula, right? The Sabre score formula is made up of some projection percentile and average adjusted ownership. You could come in here, you could use projected score by itself. You could use any of the percentiles by themselves, but Sabre score is, is a balance of all these different things that, we have found uh, help to bring the best lineups 
in your pool up to the top of your pool here. All right, good question there. And then question, this, this question is a little different. So what's the best way to attack single entries in MLB using SaberSim here? So when I come into SaberSim, I'm trying to build for my single entries and my three maxes. Uh, I, I'm really not doing anything on the home screen here. I'm not adjusting anything personally here. I know that in, in one of Jordan's videos, which if you haven't seen, is actually a really good video to watch here. So on the YouTube channel, under playlists, go to how to beat MLB DFS in 2023. And then this latest video, watch a SaberSim coach build winning lineups, build winning MLB DFS lineups. This is a basically a, a video of Jordan walking through his MLB process end to end here. I think that, you know, Jordan is a sharp MLB DFS, uh, DF, sharp, sharp MLB DFS player here. And I think that, you know, you could learn a lot from watching this video. It's a, it's a solid video, all things considered here. So I, I would highly recommend checking that out. But then um, some, some of my own thoughts here are that, you know, I, I want to do minimal in the home screen. I want to do all of my work in the post build here. And then, you know, similarly to, to how we, we said we're going to build these six lineups here, you know, I'm going to come into the post build and I'm going to still continue to use this right to left approach. I'm going to increase my min uniques uh, right out of the gate here. I, I'm not going to increase it to like the max. I think that, you know, when you're building so few lineups, it's actually much easier when, when you know, your, your number of lineups to pool ratio is bigger uh, to, to increase this further here. So you might be able to get something like nine, you know, on, on a slate like this, where you're actually playing, uh, I, wow. I wonder if we can get to 10. Let's see if we can get to 10. Oh, it actually won't even let me do 10. Uh, so, so basically in, in this example, what I'm saying is that, um, nine out of 10 players are different from every other lineup in the pool here, uh, which, which is great, right? This is like max, max diversity here. So, so this is pretty cool. I'm going to get rid of this lineup that we adjusted. Uh, yeah, so so we're getting max diversity here. Um, you know, if if you want to get the spread out, I think that's fine. You know, it's totally a personal choice here. Uh, I'm not looking to get that wide here on my single entries, but I I could see a case for that here definitely. Um, so I'm just gonna increase it to like half mini uniques uh, to start for for me personally here. And you know, I think that basically what what I conclude from from that little example there is like there isn't really a wrong or right way to use mini uniques. You could max it out. You could use it halfway. You could not use it at all. Um, but but it is just a, a tool for diversification here. Um, I like to check my stack types, you know, make sure I'm getting to the stacks that I want to see here. Uh, for me, the way I know what stacks I want to see is what stacks are usually uh, coming up most often in my pool here. So five twos, five threes, both over 30%. No other stack type over 10% here. So I'm very comfortable just playing five twos, five threes in this format here. I'm going to go to my team stacks, make sure that I'm seeing the teams that I want to see here. Um, you know, the, the, the way I conclude this is usually based on like some research builds and different things like that. I think hundred percent Houston's probably too much for me here. Um, the, personally here, I probably wouldn't want all my eggs in Houston basket here. Um, so, so I might do some stuff to, to lower that here. Uh, but, but these are decisions that you have to make 
and then uh, come in here, check my pictures. Uh, I think that, you know, when you're building a few lineups, you can kind of micromanage these lineups a little more and like actually spend time looking at the lineups, looking at, you know, the, the, the batters used, like I have a three stack of Houston, but it's six, seven, nine, right? So this kind of a, a different way of stacking Houston here, uh, which, which I find interesting, right? So you can spend a lot more time looking at these lineups. Uh, I, I've done this thing in the past where like I will start with a little more lineups than the number that I want and then kind of scroll through here and be like, okay, no, um, this lineup isn't really what I'm looking for or this team and then kind of whittle my way down to my six lineups that I want to see. Uh, one of the reasons I do that is because I could see, you know, what what – players are coming up more often it's different looking at six lineups and seeing how often a player is coming up as opposed to looking at a little bit wider of a sample and then see who's coming up and uh what players that i might want to make a staple of my lineup so like especially at the pitcher position here um but but just a couple different ideas uh thought experiments for you to uh consider here and and figure out if you want to implement those into your own process all right, uh, this is our last question at the moment uh, from Noah. Noah said, for NBA Showdown, is it better to have a mix of percentiles than the top 20 available? As in, take two to three lineups from 95th, two to three from 90th, et cetera here. Um, so that's that's not something that I've ever experimented with here. I think that, you know, the biggest thing with NBA Showdown is taking advantage of sim optimals. Um, I think sim optimals are huge here, right? So, so basically, what happens is we built this lineup. We built this Bam Captain lineup with these five utility players, and then as we continue to build more lineups to fill out 500 lineups that you've requested, this lineup showed up 11 more times or 10 more times. So um, we built it once. And then we pulled another game sim for another lineup. And then this lineup showed up again. And then this lineup showed up a total of 11 times. So this lineup is probably a really good lineup, probably has, has a really high win probability here. Um, so so I wouldn't discount that here. Um, I think that it's okay to use percentiles. But I think that if you were to click on each percentile here, which I haven't done this before, so I'm, I'm kind of interested here. So it looks like our top like our, our top ranked lineup is showing up consistently here. But we have other lineups at our second lineup is sim optimal 11 as well. Our third optimal is our third lineup is sim optimal nine. And then when I click on like 99th percentile, it goes from 11 to five. So we're skipping that second 11. We're skipping that second ninth. We're skipping that, uh, sixth line the six sim optimals that kind of come up here and it looks like they just shift around a little bit um but but i i i personally like to use the single game metric because i know that it's been back tested i know that it is using um these variables in, uh in conjunction here i think that if you cared about percentiles what i would probably suggest if if you're, especially if you're on the pro plan is to take this formula and use it as a baseline and then add in percentiles to this formula if they're important to you, right? So you have this strong baseline formula that has been back tested, and then you are adding a variable as opposed to basically neglecting all three of these variables and only using percentiles here. Um, so I, I would just be a little careful with that in general here. Uh, but there's no reason that you can't figure out a way to work it into your process here if that 
individual variable is important to you, I would not discourage you from finding a way to use it in your process. All right, everybody. Uh, looks like we are all caught up with the questions that came in via support, questions that came in via Discord, and the questions that came in here live in the YouTube chat. So before we get out of here, just want to remind you guys, if you guys are not playing over on Owner's Box, take advantage of our promotion. We partnered with Owner's Box at the beginning of the MLB season here. The contests uh, tend to overlay pretty frequently. Contests are softer than what you will find on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. And then when you use code SABER or SABERSIM when you sign up, you can get a $500 deposit bonus, and we will track your entry fees, and you can earn free SABERSIM credit. There is no limit on the amount of SABERSIM credit that you can earn. Each time you reach one of these entry limit thresholds, we will reach out to you, ask you if you want to cash in. Once you cash in, that gets reset to zero, and there's no limit as to the amount of credit that you can earn, like I previously stated here. So make sure that you are taking advantage of that offer here. And it looks like we have a couple more questions rolling in here, which is awesome. So we will get back to the SaberSim app and keep the show rolling. So question from John Jones said, I know it's a no-no to do pre-build adjustments, for relief pitchers would it really matter if i exclude them pre-build rather than post since in my mind they shouldn't be part of an optimal anyway if i don't think they'll pitch um so if you are playing mlb classic i totally think it's fine to exclude players uh to do some like player pool curation i i do this myself usually what i do is i will come in to my classic slate and I have like two filters. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday to just kind of remove clutter here. Uh, so one that I always do is this my projection greater than four. Uh, this this usually filters out all the batters that I don't want to see here, right? So if I go to batters and then I go down, um, it's going to get rid of all these guys with a zero and basically not show them and, and just kind of get rid of that here. Uh, I actually have them hidden, so that's why they're not showing. So all these guys below zero, uh, I can hide them and then remove some of the clutter from my table. Something that I also do personally here is I use this pitcher's um, fil uh, filter here. You can do it by points. I, I also think there's some merit to doing it by uh, pitches as well To like for like guys who are on an innings limit or a pitch count coming off the IL or like where their upside is kind of capped. Um, I do like to do this. So if I go over to my pitchers now, I'm going to scroll down. And these, these are the relief pitchers that you were talking about, right? Um, I, I get rid of them pre-build. I just do it with a filter. Usually, one of the starting pitchers will have a, uh, a um, projection, usually above six, right? And then all these relief pitchers have a projection in like the two to five range. So, so I found in the past that a uh, projection filter of six here usually is like the right cutoff, but you know, maybe somebody like Austin Gomber is, is really low projected, even though he is expected to throw 75 pitches here. So, so that's why I think there's some merit for like a, uh, a pitches filter, but, but either way, I think this is totally fine. It's something I do myself and, and I wouldn't discourage you from doing that here. Oh, John Jones said four showdowns here. Um, okay, so four showdowns. Let's go over to the White Sox Cleveland showdown here. Um, if if 
if there are players that you know you do not want to play, um, I think it's okay to X them. But I wouldn't just X all relief pitchers here. I think relief pitchers can actually be very, very good options for showdown here. Maybe you're doing something where, you know, you're you're uh, looking up past pitching performances and you're saying like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't think this guy's going to pitch today. He's pitched the last two days in a row. I actually think it's uh, – you know, you're, you're almost doing it from like a leverage perspective. Like, hey, you know, Joe Kelly pitched the last two days. There's like, I, I, I'm okay taking a stance that there's no way he pitches today. I think it's okay to come in here and just X him and and uh, be okay with that. So definitely think it's all right. Um, I would just be careful with, with some of the reasoning behind it. Okay, and then and then just, just to clarify this, it said, you know, would it really matter if I exclude them pre-build rather than post? So the difference here is that when you do it in the post-build, you're letting all of the optimal lineups be built, and then you're getting rid of the ones you don't want. Um, basically, what you're saying is like, hey, Joe Kelly could not end up in my lineups. That has nothing to do with the game sims that, that get generated, right? So basically, what can happen is... You can have a game sim where Joe Kelly is actually in the optimal for that sim, but because once that optimal is is figured out, then the builder says, oh, I can't have any Joe Kelly. Let's get rid of Joe Kelly and and, and let's put in somebody else since like the next best play since since uh, I couldn't have him. And then now in that format, you're, you're um, basically not getting like those true optimals. I don't think it makes a huge difference in this, in this specific scenario here, uh, but it does have some impact, right? So that's why we kind of say, Hey, probably better to just wait till the post build. But I think that, you know, the builder doesn't understand past game pitching, right? So the builder thinks that, you know, everyone is available in this scenario. If you've done some research to say, Hey, I am very certain Joe Kelly is not available today you're actually um, kind of helping yourself in that scenario because instead of Joe Kelly coming in, you know, maybe Sam Hentges comes in instead. And, and you're telling the builder like Joe Kelly is not going to come into this game. Uh, let's make sure that, you know, for the times that he would come into this game, we are using a different pitcher in his place in that scenario. So that's kind of why I like that. All right. A uh, question here from Montero in the, Oh, actually, um, P said he posted it in the wrong chat. So no worries here. Um, so it looks like that's our last question, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be right back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern for our Wednesday show. If anybody is building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the Office Hours channel. Let it sit there until tomorrow. Gets us a steady queue of questions to get rolling with at the beginning of this show. So um, really appreciate everybody tuning in here. Okay, hold on. What, before we get out of here. Okay, so Montero said, no, my question my question is for this session. Okay, so so you said you're in the wrong chat, so I didn't even read it. Uh, so it looks like this this is our last question here. Montero said, do you set your mini unique first, then do Geomine for showdowns, or does order matter? Um, so order does not particularly matter here. I would suggest doing Geomine first. Um, I, you know, talking like right to left, uh, if you know, mini niece is in the middle of the screen, Geomean is even further to the right. Uh, so, so I would do a filter first and then move my way left. Uh, I think that, I think, I think that's just, uh, you know, sticks with the theme of the right to left approach and, and makes some sense here to me. So I would do 
geomene first and then any unique adjustment afterwards. But good clarification. All right, everybody. Uh, take care. Good luck in your lineups. I will see you all tomorrow. Thanks. Bye.